and it was like God says, am I not sovereign? Do you really need to plan? Do you need to orchestrate? I said, no. So the ver- very first song out of the gate, like, yes, <laughs> strength of faith today. What does the word Hosanna mean anyway? Does anybody know? You always know. Answer me. <laughs> Who knows what Hosanna means? Okay, Greg, tell us. Yes. And that's what usually our cry is <laughs> when we need strength to face the day. Save us, oh, save us, we beseech you, kind of, is what it means. Help. Yeah, help, help in English. Um, today's message is um, probably a little bit more instructional than inspirational, um, and hopefully it'll be one that will uh, help you for the rest of your days as you read one particular book of the Bible. Um it's interesting because I really wasn't sure what I was going to talk on, but the last three weeks have been challenging in my work situation, and so I have particularly gone to this book for strength to face the day. And so when you need strength to face the day, typically, what book would you go to to read out of? Does anybody? Good, because that's where we're going. (laughs) That was a risky question, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, Today's scripture is Psalm 31. You can go ahead and turn to it if you want to. I'm going to pass a handout of that psalm for you to to read um, a little bit later. Uh, The introduction uh, may be as long as the message, so bear with me (laughs) here for a little while. Um, So... When we need strength, when we feel pressed in, stressed, distressed, oppressed, challenged, schemed against, uh, maligned, um, (coughs) in danger, or fearful, that's where we go, right? I need to read a psalm. And so um, we're going to get there eventually, but I want to just talk about the psalms in general. And hopefully this will be something that would be helpful for all of us as we look into this particular book and when we go to it. Um, uh, Calvin called the Psalms an anatomy of all the parts of the soul. Mm -hmm. Um, The Psalms reflect every human emotion or somewhere in those 150 Psalms. Mm -hmm. They are reflected, they're talked about, they're expressed. But they're done in an important way, and that's where learning to read the Psalms and be trained in the Psalm way uh, is what we need to be about. The important way is that all of our emotions are seen in relationship to God. So the book kind of teaches us, well, for one thing, it's okay to be human, and that's good because that's what we are, you know. It's okay to be honest before God. Respectful, (coughs) but honest. Um, And they teach us there's a way out. Mm -hmm. There's a way out of whatever situation we are in, real or imagined. There's a way out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, it's interesting the way the, the, the book of Psalms is laid out. I don't know how many of you know that it's basically made up of five sub-books. How many knew that? Most people, some people knew that. 
Well, it's made up of five five sub books, and um, those books are the first book is Psalms one through forty one. The second book is Psalms forty two through seventy two. Book three is Psalms seventy three through eighty nine. Four is ninety through one hundred six, and five is one hundred seven through one hundred fifty. Now, what's interesting about this is um, the way each one of these books ends. And so, I need five volunteers that have a Bible that can look up a scripture for me. So, let me see. Matthew, will you look up Psalm forty-one, the last verse? That's the last verse of that book. Who else raised their hand? Mary, um, Psalm 72, not the last verse, but the next to the last verse, verse 19, if you would look that up, and I need another volunteer, Arthur, book 3, Psalm 89, the last verse, another volunteer, Robin, um, book 4, 106, last verse, and one more person, Carol. This is a good one for you. Yeah. <laughs> Psalm 150, the last verse. Okay, do you guys remember your order? Matthew, Mary, Arthur, Robin, Carol. Do you guys stand up and just in order, I want you to read your verse. Okay? These are the last verses, except for Mary's, which has one other closing verse. Of each of these books. Psalm seventy two nineteen. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Psalm 106, 48. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. And the last verse of the psalm. <laughs> let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And in one version it says, You praise the Lord. Mine didn't say that, so that's the way it is. So every book ends with a benediction or a good saying. What we would call a doxology if you're if you grew up Baptist, but um, so each of the books is punctuated at the end with this good saying, a praise to the Lord. There's another interesting thing which a number of the commentaries say about the Psalms. There are five books there, <coughs> broken down into five books. Um, there are five books in the <coughs> law. There's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those books basically talk about God's dealing with people, God's pattern, and God's word. Um, so m many of the commentaries say that the five books of the Psalms reflect the five books of the law. That in general, the Genesis and book one of the Psalms go together. They, they're basically uh, about the blessing, and the fall and the redemption of man. Book two is about the, you know, the, the exodus. 
is about deliverance. Book three is about, Leviticus is about the temple, basically. And so book three of the Psalms is generally speaks about the sanctuary or the temple mm -hmm. of God. And so it goes on through like this. Book five is Deuteronomy, which is about God and his word. And book five in the Psalms largely is about that. Everybody knows Psalm 119, obviously, um, is about the word of God. So it's interesting because you've got these five books of the law that talk about God's word and his pattern. And then you've got in the Psalms, five broken down into five books that mirror that, that really teach us how to respond to his pattern and his word. Um, and so it's kind of interesting if you can just kind of keep that in mind as you find yourself in the Psalms um, to, to keep that as a, as a backdrop. Um, so the whole Bible can be considered a mirror, mm -hmm. but particularly the Psalms are. So when we use a mirror practically, what do we use it for? We look at ourselves, right? To see what, mainly what our face looks like, right? If you've got a nice big one, you can check out your whole self. <laughs> see what your, your, you know, see if there's anything that needs to be adjusted or fixed or changed. Um, this is kind of what the Psalms are. The Psalms are basically a mirror that shows us the shape of our soul, mm -hmm. shows us our sin if, mm -hmm. we're, if we're honest. If you read through those and you don't just think it's about the psalmist, the mm -hmm. person that wrote it, um, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that here in just a minute, um, the psalms really help us present ourselves as transparently and as honestly as we can before God. You know, we may do it vicariously, you know, as we're reading <coughs> it, oh, this is what David's saying. But when you stay there long enough, oh, I'm kind of just like that too right now, you know. Um, so the Psalms, although they may be geographical or cultural in, in setting, the real setting for the Psalms are kind of interior. They're inside. They're about us and our response to God. And so one of the things that sometimes makes the Psalms a little bit difficult to read is just the language of the Psalms because it's poetry and it's prayer, but it's Hebrew poetry, mm -hmm. which is different from our poetry because in our poetry, you know, you say a sentence and then the next sentence rhymes with it. <laughs> you know, the last word has to be the same rhyme or the next word in the next sentence after that has to. And, and so we're used to that kind of poetry, but Hebrew poetry is different in that it, Basically, um, it's, a, it's a rhyme of thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it's thoughts that are placed together that have this rhythm to it. Um, and you, you probably may see this more like in the Proverbs than in the Psalms, but we'll look at some examples. Um, what they, when, they, when you have two thoughts that kind of run alongside each other, it's called parallelism, because mm -hmm. they, run, you know, they run along with each other. The Psalms have a couple of types. There's a synonymous parallelism where two thoughts are kind of the same. Um, an example would be Psalm 7, 1. It says, 
O Jehovah my God, in thee do I take refuge. So there's a, there's a, there's a thought, right? The next line says, save me from all them that pursue me and deliver me. So he's taking refuge. He needs deliverance. Mm -hmm. they're, they're the same. Anathetic parallelism is where two thoughts are contrasted with each other, such as in Psalm 1-6. For Jehovah knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So they're opposite of each other. And so a lot of the Psalms are structured that way. They're, they're written in such a way that there are thought patterns that are, have a rhythm to them rather than the words themselves rhyming. Another technique that's used in the Psalms is acrostic, which is, was facil facilitated memorization. Mm -hmm. So um, if, you, if you know your Hebrew, then it's a lot easier for you to memorize some of the Psalms. Um, but I think that's one aspect of how the book is written. It's written and it's called a book of poetry. It's also a book of prayer because it really teaches us how to respond to God. And so when we learn to pray the Psalms, then we're praying a right about the emotions that we have. Does that make sense? I mean, we can get angry and then we can pray wrongly before the Lord about that. Or we can be angry or disappointed or frustrated, pick whatever emotion you've got. But if you learn to train yourself to pray the Psalms, then you respond in a right way mm -hmm. to, the, to a, a God of the universe, but also a father. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's one of the things to remember as you're reading the Psalms is, wow, this kind of sounds like a prayer here. What's going on here emotionally with this particular person that's writing this? Well, I want to learn to respond like this. And so the, it just it teaches us that. So when we read the scripture, most of the time when, we, when I read the Bible, I read it to kind of know a little bit more about God mm -hmm. about his ways and his thoughts. Um, and a lot of times we, we talk about God. But the Psalms teaches us to talk to God. Mm -hmm. And so um, I read the Bible. It's usually, what, God, are you trying to say to me mm -hmm. as I'm reading the Bible? But what happens with the Psalms is it's more about how should I respond to what you're saying to me? Mm -hmm. That's what the Psalms will teach us if we learn to read them in that particular way. And above all, the Psalms teach us to worship God. I mean, every book, every end of the book, every book ended with a punctuation about worshiping God. Um, so we want to look at Psalm 31 to find strength to face today. Okay? So I've, I've got a handout. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to... Take one and pass it around. Make sure everybody gets a copy.
We're going to read through this particular psalm. And then we'll talk about it a little bit. Mainly it's just to kind of get us familiar with how things work. Does everybody have a copy? If you guys will just follow along, I'll, I'll read it. Psalm 31. Um, by the way, all the Psalms in Book 1, um, 1 through 41, were written by David. They were um, written in his time. And so this is one of the ones that, that he has written. Verse 1. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me. O Lord, God of truth. I hate those who regard vain, vain idols, but I trust in the Lord. Does anybody recognize what kind of parallelism that is? It's the opposite, exactly. I hate those who are regard vain idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your loving kindness because you have seen affliction. You have seen my affliction. You have known the troubles of my soul, and you have not given me over into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a large place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow, and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my iniquity. And my body has wasted away. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the streets flee from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel, for I have heard the slander of many. Terror is on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servant. Save me in your loving kindness. Let me not be put to shame, O Lord, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them be silent in Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak arrogantly against the righteous with pride and contempt. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you have brought for those who take refuge in you before the sons of men. 
You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of men. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has made marvelous his loving kindness to me in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my alarm, I'm cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried to you. Oh, love the Lord, all you his godly ones. The Lord preserves the faithful and fully recompenses the proud doer. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. You know, we, David lived in a time of turbulence. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parts of his life were that way. You know, there was turbulence of nations against Israel, of Israel against Israel, or Judah against Israel. Later on in his life, his parts of his family was against him. He just lived in a, in a mm -hmm. time of unrest, upheaval, uncertainty. Um, there was the culture of the nations. There was the culture of, of the Israelites. Um, you know, and so there was many things there that gave stress to David. Um, we face sometimes the same things today. Are we in a cultural war? Yes. Are we in a religious war? Yes. Uh, even within the midst of our own nation, mm -hmm. much less go, you know, to other nations. Are we in a cold war? Some people think we're getting back that way in, with, with other nations. Um, are we in a financial war? Yes. Um, are there things that you're uncertain about for your future? Mm -hmm. Are you concerned about the next generation and how they're going to handle things? No. <laughs> you know what? I like that. God says he is faithful from age to age, generation to generation. But that means it's going to be easy. <laughs> That's what we want to be able to prepare ourselves and you for. You know, I'm getting ready to be a grandfather. I'm excited about it. You are a grandfather. I am. That's right. Thank you. You reminded me of that earlier this week. Well, there are things that are concernful about my grandson's future. You know? What can I do about that? The best thing I can do is teach him to take refuge and trust in God. Right? If this guy can read the Bible 16 times and it's the sweetest time he had with his walk with God, man, a high price to pay, but you want to have a sweeter time with God? You want to draw close to God? You want to go through something like that for it? Not in the midst, but somehow God is very near present mm -hmm. in times of need what the Psalms say about him. And blessed be God, he proved himself to that man, you know. Just the fact that he could keep the word of God, you know. But sometimes they take it away, so it needs to be hidden somewhere, doesn't it? 
we need to hide as much as we can right here so that it is with us and the Holy Spirit can bring that up whenever he, he needs to. So this particular psalm, uh, David finds himself in a place where I'm thinking, wow, this could really be a pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when I when I was in these past three weeks, I just opened the book. I thought, I'm, I'm going to start reading some psalms. I, I need to read some psalms. <laughs> so I start reading. I read Psalm 28 and think about that one morning. Next morning, I read 29. Next morning, I read 30. And it was getting close to time for me to speak. And I said, well, Lord, I don't know where I'm going this time. I mean, we're in Philippians. We're in Kings. We're in Joshua. He says, Psalm 31. (laughs) I said, okay. Well, I started looking at Psalm 31. It's like, there weren't a lot of stuff to be found. It it seems like everybody's skipping over that psalm. I looked at stuff with Piper. I looked at stuff with Spruill. I looked at these different like why are people skipping over this psalm? I'm going to have to dig this one out myself, you know. So it just seems that it's a great psalm to learn from in how, how are we going to respond in times of stress. Isn't it stress? Stress is your stress. Stress is spelled P-R-E-S-S-U-R-E, okay? But stress is good. Stress is what keeps us alert, causes us to make quick decisions. Um, it's, it's, it, 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 it does. It strengthens your bones. It, it, stress is there. Some stress is good, but too much stress tends to pervert the goodness that stress is really meant to be for us. And it's in those particular places where we need to learn. How do we respond to this? Do we get mad and throw pliers through the window? Do what do we do? You know, do we curse God because we're in this situation? We need to learn how to respond when our stress level gets mm-hmm. out of control. We need to have strength of faith today. Sometimes we need strength of faith the minute, mm-hmm. right? So, and it just depends on you know your nature and your makeup. You know, Bill is unflappable. I, I can get stressed out. I don't like conflict, you know. It's just my nature. You know, my top strength is harmony. You know, that sounds pretty girly, but that's what it is. <laughs> so, so. Girly? Oh, okay. Anyway, this particular psalm was like, wow, this is something I... If I could learn to respond like David, then, you know, I would be able to deal with things, you know, and not get beat down so much, you know. So here we have David. I mean, what does he want? What does he want? He just says it right in the first part of it. Deliver me, save me, rescue me, and I want it done quickly. You know, he, he doesn't waste any time. Mm-hmm. It's the cry of his heart. The things that I've given you here are basically three different ways of looking at this psalm. The purple way, the green way, and the orange way. <laughs> but it just shows you how versatile the eternal word of God is. Mm-hmm. These are three different ways, three different commentaries look at it. So it's not like something that you can kind of, this is how it, how does it speak to you today versus 
How does it speak to you next year in a different situation? It's living, it's active. And the Holy Spirit will use it whatever way he needs to at that particular time in your life. So I just give you this as, an, as, a, as kind of a guide that, you know, you can look. There are lots of ways you can look at a psalm if you want to try to dissect it. Um, I particularly like the orange one because, um, you know, it has this theme of about being in the hand of God, you know. But what's interesting about the psalm is there are, there's two other hands that are not circled on yours that are on mine so that I can find them. It also contrasts the hands of the enemy in verse... Eight, yes, mm-hmm. eight, and in the second half of fifteen. So, you know, in the first part, David said, "I'm committing myself, my spirit, into your hand." Now, somebody else said that verse later on in history. Does anybody mm-hmm. know who it was? Jesus said that. Jesus said that, and he added a word, Father. Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. So it makes you wonder how much of this psalm was on his mind and his heart. Do you think he just randomly pulled out that one line? What I find interesting, he said that, the very next line says, you have ransomed me, O Lord God of truth. He was the ransom. Jesus was the ransom. So what a play on words written by David years and years before. So Jesus is not the only person that said, into my hand, into thy hands have commit my spirit. Martin Luther was his last dying words. That's what this particular commentary said. John Knox, John Huss, Polycarp. Lots of people apparently have read this or remembered the words of Christ, Jerome. Um, so it might be a good one to memorize. might have a time you can use it way later in your life. <laughs> so David cries out, you know, and he says, Rescue me, and I put myself into your hands. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego Mm -hmm. said the same thing in a different way, Mm -hmm. didn't they? You know, if you read on down in here, if you want to stay with that particular theme, he later he he says later on in verse um, fifteen, my times are in your hand. Well, we all know that he's numbered our days, right? And that's out there some somewhere, right? But how about my time this afternoon? How about my time this week? Do we, are they really in his hand? Obviously, they are. Where this problems comes in is when we forget that. When we forget. My times are in your hand. If I've committed myself to you, my times are in your hand. And so the circumstance I find myself in is no surprise to you. And there's grace to walk in that particular place. 
there's grace to walk in that particular place. And then he just makes this proclamation at the end. You know, he says, you hide them in the secret place. Basically, he, he holds you in his hand. And what I found interesting is, where was the secret place? Where's the secret place? The next two words. It makes it easy for you. His presence. What did Moses say when he was pleading with God? He said, look, you guys are going in, into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. Moses wasn't going to have it, was he? No, unless your presence goes with us. I, he didn't want to go. Moses didn't want to go. Do you want to go anywhere without the presence of God? Can you, could we ever get into this mindset that in his presence it's a, we're hidden in him? Hidden in Christ. You know? He looks down and he sees upon us. That's just one of these scenes. There, as you can see, there, there are others. David prays, God answers. David prays again, God answers. Now, how many times when you're in a stressful situation do you pray once and let it go? <laughs> Even if God answers. Thanks, God, but I'm going to ask again. You know, because the first answer may be an assurance, and then the second answer may be effectual. You know, and so it's okay. Mm -hmm. David prays. God gave him an answer. David prays again. Mm -hmm. God gives him another answer. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm in those kind of situations, mm -hmm. I usually don't just pray and say, okay, that's taken care of and move on because I feel better at that point. It doesn't work that way sometimes, you know. The other thing that's interesting about training yourself to respond is, David says, God, be my rock. Just a few verses later, he says, you are my rock. Now, what is that? Is that name it, claim it? How important is it to say out what you believe? Does that, take, does that impact you rather than just thinking it? To walk around your room, you are my God. Mm -hmm. You are my God. Mm -hmm. Does that do something inside of you mm -hmm. rather than just think yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So you can ask God to be something, and then you de declare that He is. Not in a not not just an imagination thing, but just a, an exercise of faith, right? And then you look down here. Um, this subtitle of Psalm of Complaint and of Praise. That wasn't in the original scriptures. Those, those kind of th those things have been added, as, as I understand it. But you can see in the purple one, the third one is what I've labeled. That's got to be the complaint. And if you read those, if you read those things, do you think that they are all absolutely the truth, or do you think it's David using hyperbole, or some of both? How are you sometimes when you're in a stressful place? Everything goes wrong. Everything's not work. Nothing's working out. Do we do we talk like that? Is that the truth? It's not. So David is being really, really human here, isn't he? 
Um, so it's okay if we exaggerate because that's how we feel, right? That's how you feel at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but he br comes to his senses and he, then he has this big but there. But as for me, mm -hmm. I trust in you. Now, what's interesting about David and what is key about relationship with God is the very, I know I'm jumping around, but I'm just talking about these things as so it would kind of flow in our thought patterns here. The very first verse says what? In you, O Lord, what? Past tense. I have taken. He, he is in relationship. He's not like he's scrambling around trying to get close to God now. He says, I've taken refuge mm -hmm. in you. So he's reminding himself of the place that he has in God. Now, if you flip your sheet over, I just kind of did this, and you can agree or disagree. You can add your own. You can start your own column. You can... <laughs> You can move things from one column to another. No, that's not where it goes. It goes over there. But how do, how do you learn from the Psalms? It takes time. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what do you do when you, what, what, what do I do when I'm in a stressful place? Well, what did David do? Well, how did David feel? Well, that's how he felt. Well, what did David proclaim? What did David tell God? Mm -hmm. Did he rem then he remembered what God had already done, the faithfulness of God. And then he also went out and told others. You go out and tell people stuff that you don't believe. No. Not if you're sincere, you don't. And so I just took this opportunity to just take this one psalm and break it down and say, mm -hmm. okay, here are some things, not that you have to do every one of these. Here are some ways to respond. Here's the ways that we might feel. Um, here's some things that I can proclaim. Whatever you know is true experientially or because you read it in the word and God says it's true of his character. These are the things you can proclaim. You might not see it right now in the midst of your situation, but doesn't mean it's not true, does it? Is God good? When bad things happen, is God still good? Yes. Absolutely he's good. So you can proclaim that, right? Um, David asked God a lot of stuff, didn't he? He, 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 he didn't leave any bases. And we pray that way sometimes. It's just in case you forget, don't forget this or this or this or this. I want this, I need this, I need this, and I need this. And so today's message is really about, wow, the Psalms are there to teach us about ourselves and to teach us how to respond to God in the situation we find ourselves, a right response for the emotions that I'm having right now. And so, like I say, today I just really wanted to to encourage you that this is only one psalm mm -hmm. and it's it's in 150 of them so is this the only one in the bible 
that you can find strength to say face the day with? There's lots of them. He's that good. Here, I'm going to give you a half a dozen or a couple dozen of them, you know, in case you can't remember where that one is. And so that, that book is there for us to enjoy it, um, to teach us how to pray, to teach us the goodness of God, and to teach us in the midst of it to worship him. Mm-hmm. He ends that way. Basically, this is what David tells others and basically saying, come on and worship with me. Because you need to love God. You need to hope in God. You need, you need to be strong. You need to be courageous. Um, that's what Moses told Joshua. Mm-hmm. Do you think Joshua felt stressed when Moses says, I'm, I'm going to be out of here in a little bit, but you're taking over and leaving these these million people. You've seen how they've been for the last 40 years. Do you think he felt some stress? <coughs> so if you read the book of Joshua, like in the first couple of chapters, he's told to be strong and courageous about four or five times. Maybe three or four, I don't remember exactly. But a lot. And so we need to, we need to do that with one another. As long as it's called today, Encourage one another once a week. Mm-hmm. Hebrew says what? Daily. 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 To encourage one another. Mm-hmm. We need courage mm-hmm. to face the day. Mm-hmm. And we get that through God's word and through our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And by the power of the Holy Spirit for whatever we've hidden inside. And so today, uh, I, I just mainly want you to bring a psalm and these psalms alive once again for us and see that every book of the Bible is a treasure (coughs) but this one particularly deals with who we are and how we are and helps expose those places where we're we're wrongly related to God you know and just his compassion and his goodness and so um, that's that's all I've got I, I don't know if we we did a lot of praying earlier and it sounded like a lot of the stress factors were maybe taken care of then, but you know, maybe we just worship God. Maybe we pray for one another. Um, but I just want to encourage you that the book is not there as a last resort. So read them regularly and, and train yourself to pray the prayers of the Psalms. Okay? All right.